I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Oh, Sarah, I'm sorry. I'm a little sweaty. I know voice uh, listeners can't hear it, but... (laughs) Sweaty. I didn't even notice. I did you did you like work out or something? Yeah. Well, Hawk and I went for a run before this, and I, it was one of these. I have to get on at ten, and I just like one of those super hot showers. But okay, crazy story. Okay. Um, actually, not that crazy, but <laughs> to me it is. So we store a lot of our running shoes out in the garage, uh-huh. and I go out there and I try to put a shoe on. Like, what is in my shoe? They're like five rocks in my shoe. And I turn it upside down. They're a bunch of acorns. Oh, acorns. Um, Okay. Okay. No, no, no. There weren't any animals in my shoe. Okay. Uh, That's that's the first thing I thought. But the, these chipmunks are squirrels. Every fall, they store acorns in our shoes, even in the ones that are in shoe boxes. So like this, you just get a little surprise. (laughs) Like, they go into the box to put the acorn. They go into the box to like bury their acorns. So wait, <laughs> can I say like like later, later in the winter, whatever? There's like some starving squirrel coming into your garage, just like looking for sustenance, and you guys like needed to go for a run, so their <laughs> their supplies are down. <laughs> Is that what's happening? I've never thought about what happens. I just figure they forget. <laughs> maybe you need to create a an acorn storage area yeah right it's called our shop. yard <laughs> it's called the rest of the outdoors yes <laughs> fair fair point you could build a little shoe or oh, you must have lots of shoes you could build a little shoe something for them in the backyard they probably wouldn't use it no no because no. they, they have again they have plenty of places to bury acorns why our shoes i don't know i totally <laughs> thought after my brain was going a totally different direction when you mentioned shoes because like like as you know i've lived in a couple different places and like if you're like in australia or the middle east or when i was in sedona even in arizona like you check your shoes to make sure that there's not like a creature like right, I've had no. giant freaking spiders in my shoe before. Mm-mm. Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> That's really bad. Yeah, this is much better. Yeah, acorn storage. Although it hurts your foot. I guess it would hurt your my foot more if there was a huge spider, huge venomous spider spider. So. Yeah, if it was venomous. Yeah, yeah. 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 There, there might be more spider guts in there if you jammed your foot in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my friend Karen has this. This is okay. Here we go, but um. Don't know if this story is meant to be retold, but I'm going to tell it anyway. My friend Karen had um, one time in transition, like in a half Ironman in T2, she put her shoe on and she's like, that's weird. There's something in my shoe, but she's, like, she's in the middle of the race. So she's like, she's like, whatever, just goes for it. Right. The whole run, there's like this mild pain in her foot. <laughs> and 
at the end, she realized there was a tampon in her shoe that she had put in her transition bag just in case. Oh, no. Yeah. She ran the half marathon with a tampon in her shoe. That's huge. I know. It's a huge item. There's no space for tampons in there. I've heard of people with uh, gel packets. That happens a lot. Oh, yeah. And then again, I don't know how people don't notice that there's. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Actually, yeah, no. I'm lying because that did happen to me in an IT race, but I can't remember what it was, but like Mm -hmm. everything is just so fast and frantic Mm -hmm. that I actually think I, I stopped and took whatever it was out of my shoe, but it was, it was something like that. Mm -hmm. Great story, Sarah. Can't remember the details. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Coming up on the show, we have an amazing voicemail from a listener a statistics class follow-up, a true story, and gross gushes after this. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Lisa Ringerfield, co-founder of the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. We are really excited to announce that the Outspoken Summit will be returning in 2021. This year has created an opportunity for triathletes to get back in the blocks and start to rebuild triathlon to create a more inclusive and welcoming space for all. Join us from the 12th to the 14th of November as we host a virtual summit to connect with like-minded women, center women's equity in the sport, hear from industry leaders, and develop leadership skills related to our roles in triathlon. The summit will provide a rich forum to develop strong voices, inspire others, and advocate for change in the sport we love. For more information and to sign up for the event, go to OutspokenSummit.com. We hope to see you there. Every day, there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding, as in, if we were, change is an inside job, start inside. Okay, so Sarah, I did, I, I, first of all, I want to apologize to our listeners because I'm briefly going to talk about earwax again. Go for it. <laughs> Listen, um, you might be helping somebody else out there with a similar problem. You never know. I'm going to say this first, then we're going to, then we're going to listen to the voicemail and then we're going to move on to something else. Okay. I'm just like getting the earwax thing out of the way right now, (laughs) but I keep hearing from people about earwax, which totally makes me laugh. Um, Yeah. Even somebody, some people on my social media are like, this is better than an earwax story. Like now I feel like I have a reputation, (laughs) Um, but we, but I did hear from one listener who sent me the video of, which I had completely forgotten about, of Shrek doing the earwax scented candle. <laughs> it was just like a YouTube clip. 
<laughs> so gross. I know. I was like, oh, this is what I make people think of. Great. Um, although I laughed quite hard. Um, anyway, we also got a voicemail with um, advice for both of us. So let's have a listen. Hey, Sarah and Sarah. It's Alyssa, your fellow feisty podcast host. Um, I was listening today and I have a Sarah, I, uh, gross. I needed to tell you about my earwax problem. So it sounds exactly like yours. Everyone always says like, oh, I swim and my ears are fine. And then I'm like, uh, it makes mine worse. So I used to be able to go to the doctor to get it cleaned. And then something happened years ago when my insurance changed and I just went to like a clinic like I normally would said I needed my ears cleaned and then I was charged $250 for it. So then I had to figure out how to do it on my own. So I laughed really hard when you also said you did olive oil because that was traumatic for me. So anyway, what works for me is going into the hottest shower I can possibly stand with the door closed and like steaming up the bathroom a lot for like 15 minutes. Like you got to do it for like a long time. And then at the... um, drugstores you can get like an earwax kit and some of them come with this little tube thing or like a water squeezer with like a very pointy end and so then you fill up your sink with warm water and you get that water squeezer thing and you start squeezing warm water into your ear canal like really hard like press that thing really hard so it like really shoots into your ear you know and you'll watch the earwax fall out it takes like a lot of perseverance sometimes and you have to really be committed to the situation at hand. But if you are, I think you can fix it. So anyway, I feel your pain. Sarah, true, I don't really, I'm not able to understand your pain with the baby at the pool, but I was with Hillary a ton when she would put her baby at the end of the lane and it was always fine. No one ever kicked the baby in the pool. So I think what you should do is start going to the pool with an empty car seat and then put your swim toys in the car seat at the end of your lane and then collect data and after like two months when no one kicks your car seat of pool toys into the pool you can then write a letter and we'll hide in the locker room and get a lot of women to sign it saying that they should change their policy after you collected two months of data and no one kicked the car seat into the pool because that doesn't ever happen so anyway um hope you've enjoyed this voicemail talk to you later bye oh my goodness Alyssa that was an amazing voicemail thank you um do you do you want to tackle your advice first um sure I will tackle my advice first I have because I have not much to say but I thank you for the good advice (laughs) I have thank you Alyssa (laughs) for taking the time I I actually like if if nothing else this whole like earwax thread has normalized for me like how common this problem is like I think previously and this is not shit that I really care about like if I have gross ears and nobody else does I'm kind of fine with that but it is like a little bit better that I'm like oh I have like there's lots of people with disgusting ears like me who need to deal with it so um thank you to everyone for normalizing my earwax problem um and I am gonna try Alyssa's uh advice and do like because I have noticed that steam helps just in general even without like actively trying to squirt crap out of there um so that's like something that I've been sort of doing the last week but I haven't like gone to the shop and got that little 
like I know what she means that little it's like a mini turkey baster and you like squirt water in wait so you still haven't gone to the doctor no gosh no (laughs) (laughs) solidly on my to-do list now I suppose it's not a medical emergency it's not a medical emergency and the thing is that the further I get away from the last time I swim the better it gets so it does actually improve on its own um but then if I swim again or do something it just goes back and I'm and I think oh shit why didn't I go to the doctor so yeah but I I actually yeah oh sorry I felt that her advice for you and her um I mean Alyssa's a um do you call it she studied mathematics so she thinks in this logical way and I love her thoughts for your uh bb on the poolside problem well the the problem is she's far too logical (laughs) And this is a very illogical decision that the pool manager has made. So right. like I can come with graph, you know, graphs and have all the statistical analysis done, PowerPoint presentation, and they'll be like, yeah, but it still might happen. So Alyssa, well done. Sorry. I don't think, I don't think that's going to try it. Like, this solution. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. I totally, I respect her scientific approach. Um, <laughs> but also maybe people would be more careful with pool equipment than they would a baby. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Pool equipment is quiet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. I mean, overall, like how we get um, how we get pool managers and perhaps other people to start considering things like running things in a way that may benefit young mothers or other people who need to like other demographics that maybe haven't been considered in the rules. Right. Um, I think that's like the bigger question. Yeah. In my opinion. I, I did get a photo from a listener who was coaching mm-hmm. and uh, one of the athletes in the water had brought her baby who was in the bucket with like this little fan in front of the baby. She's like, if, if you were swimming here, I would, I would watch Hawk. Oh man. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Me too. Um, And speaking, speaking of statistics. Oh yeah. um, I actually wanted to follow up. I've forgotten this for weeks, but I wanted to know because I thought it was really funny. Like before, you know, like before you gave birth, you were like, I'm going to take a statistics class <laughs> over like that period. I forget the ex- exact number of weeks. And I was like wondering how that class went for you. So it finished, I guess, technically last week. Uh, and I did well. I got an A. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting. So um, I, I actually really kind of enjoyed it so much that I'm in two classes right now. Which may have been a little over ambitious. Okay. I should have probably just stuck with one. Yeah. Um, I'm regretting my decision, but yeah, I, I, I definitely acknowledge that there were some rough moments where my brain was a little foggy and it's still pretty foggy mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm working through it. But I think it was actually really important for me to have something that I had to do on a regular basis that had nothing to do with the baby. Mm. Um, like just, oh, yeah. you know, holding, holding myself accountable, carving out time for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So Sarah, here's what I wanted to ask you about is that I felt like that, that, especially that very, very early time, which you may still be in when you're like breastfeeding every 90 minutes kind of thing. Mm. And you're not necessarily getting proper rest. Although I had a really good baby and I rested fairly well, um, mm. but, or was able to, but um, you still have that sense of like your time, like your time is not your own, right? Mm-hmm. So if you actually do want to get something done for yourself in that like in those windows between feeding, you have to kind of jump in and like, and you have this, cho- this weird choice between like feeding yourself, bathing, napping, um, and then doing something for yourself or doing something. So doing something else, like doing something with your partner or whatever the other things you want to do, um, or taking the baby out for a walk. So like, did you find that to be like, cause in, in early motherhood, like I really learned um, how to just like get shit done at any time, regardless of how I felt, um, which was like uh, something I had learned as an athlete too. Cause you just kind of have to get up and get out the door and train no matter how you feel. That's part of the athletic process. But I felt like there was another layer, you know, in that early motherhood phase where I'm like, okay, like this is legit. If I want to do something for myself, I have to like double down. doesn't matter how I feel and just do it. Does that like, was that something that you have experienced? Yeah. And, you know, there was definitely a curve there where I had to learn it. Um, like I, after the first couple of weeks, I mean, the first couple of weeks were a total blur where, uh, you know, I was definitely napping when the baby was napping, trying to get some things done, but felt very much that my schedule was completely based on his schedule. And as he's gotten older, I've really, I've really made a concerted effort to carve out time that has nothing to do with him. Um, that's independent of him and being okay with, uh, like, cause there was, there was a point probably, I don't know, five weeks in four weeks in where like, I just, I broke down. I'm like, Ben, I need, I need time to myself mm-hmm. every day. Um, and not have it be like crammed in those windows where Mm. I feel as though I can leave the baby with somebody else to be able to get stuff done. And like, that's just been, that's just, I had to do that because otherwise I would have gone absolutely insane. Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a work in progress for me where I, I think so much of it is just being focused day to day Mm -hmm. where on the days where I wake up and we've both slept well, then I am super productive. Mm -hmm. And on the days where I don't sleep well, and you know, he's just super fussy and gassy or whatever the case might be, then, you know, my very flexible schedule, like I, it has to change because it's not sustainable for me to keep up the same pace as I do on well-rested days. So that's something that is really different from, you know, just being an athlete Mm -hmm. where, you know, on those tired days, you still go out the door and get things done. But I knew it was not going to be sustainable for me to try to keep up the same level of activity, you know, keep on training, keep on doing classwork and cooking and everything on those days where I'm just fried. Um, and being okay with saying, all right, so exercise today is just walking the baby, 
you know, if I get like half an hour of work done, then awesome. If I get nothing done, then so be it. Mm -hmm. Um, just knowing that like, I have to write out those quote unquote unproductive days Mm -hmm. because I'm too exhausted and other, like, I've just will find a breaking point down the road. So yeah, Mm -hmm. totally different. Like basically I have no schedule anymore. It's how like Ben will ask me what I'm doing the next day. I'm like, I don't know if the baby sleeps 11 hours straight, then I'm going to be superhuman. But (laughs) (laughs) that actually, that is a great point. It's like getting shit done without a schedule because like routine and schedules are a great way to actually make sure that you get shit done and, Mm. and being able to like work constantly, just be working like minute to minute and making decisions about your priorities and stuff like that. That's pretty hard. It's a skill. Yeah. So I'm learning. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, congratulations on the stats class. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. I hear there's a story about Ben and the Boston Marathon. Oh, not Ben. My oh. brother. Oh, your so brother. Okay. I hope I hope he's okay. Well, this is just, this is insane. And I think this is something that, you know, as athletes, we should talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my brother ran Boston Marathon and he got to about mile eight. And he saw a woman, a female athlete down on the ground. Um, and he, there were a bunch of spectators around her. He had to give her CPR. Your, your um, brother, is your brother a doctor? Am I right? Yeah. 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 So she, she had been a minute and a half ahead of him. So she had, she went into cardiac arrest, mm-hmm. super fit, a, you know, sub elite woman, mm-hmm. qualified for Olympic trials you know, like a 244 marathoner right. with a nine month old kid back at home. Oh uh, basically if, if he hadn't been there stopped at that moment and given her CPR, she would have died. Um, he kept on he, like, whoa, once, yeah. Once he felt like it was okay. Yeah. He kept on running. Yeah. Um, did, and the other, did an ambulance come? Like, did a well, medic? So, other, I guess, other runners came mm-hmm. and kept on stopping and administering CPR. And so it was like this basically, like, it, it was this chain effect where it kind of broke people out of, uh, you know, just shock or just mm-hmm. assumption that somebody else was going to do something. But by mm-hmm. the time he had reached her, probably a thousand people had passed her by. Like, mm. it's just, I think it's so interesting because we, there's this tendency for us to think that somebody else is going to step in and help in a a situation. Yes. And it's just like that group think. Um, And especially when you're in a race. Yeah. It's more likely to happen. Like I've seen that in Iron Man too before where people are on the ground and everyone's running by. Yeah. So it's, it's exactly, I've seen it too. Like, and it's, it's such an interesting way that we respond. And, you know, she's in the hospital right now. She's thankfully okay. Um, You know, a whole bunch of people came to her aid, but it's super scary, first of all, because this is a young, very fit woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just really scary because of timing, Mm -hmm. you know, that it could have been a very, very different outcome. Mm -hmm. Wow. And how did he find out what happened? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. There's, I think he found, um, like a, there's a GoFundMe page 
yeah um to help with their medical costs right and like i think on probably some running message boards people have been talking about it i don't know because it i mean it was yeah good for him so he broke the chain of yeah people just running by but we've all seen it in races and i like i think that's probably a really common yeah situation yeah i i and i can tell you i've never seen anyone lying listless Mm. like um but i have seen people it certainly in distress lots of times by the side of the road and i'd give myself 50 50 on whether i was like hey are you okay yeah whether i was like i'm winning this race or whatever the hell's going through your brain Um, yeah yeah wow but there, I think a, a lot of us also might ask, are you okay? And if the person is like, yeah, I'm fine. Keep on going, even though they might not be fine. Right. Do you know if she was able to vocalize anything? Like, no, she was, no. She was just. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty wild. Well, she's yeah. lucky to have your brother. Well, it's, I mean, he's, he's a little you know he's a he's a hero in my book but it's it's more the global you know idea of what happens you know in races our assumptions about how safe things are yeah you know the fact that you can be surrounded by thousands of people Uh and nobody stops yeah like that's crazy to me that's crazy. Yeah. It's, you know, you, um, sorry, this is a little bit dark, but like in incidents of, it's very common, like incidents of women being attacked or, or girls being attacked in high schools where mm. like people like either just watch like or take video or like hmm. join in, you know, like, yeah, it's like, it's terrible, you know? And yeah. what is that? Like, and if we don't like and it's, I think it's important to acknowledge that it's not just like, it's not terrible people. And we are other than that. Like we are the good people, <laughs> those terrible people, like that, that actually within all of us, we have the ability to ignore someone in distress or even the opposite to like contribute to their distress. Like mm-hmm. once we recognize that we have that ability, we can like push back against it, you know, and say, Hey, I could, I also have the ability to be kind and react in a way that could help them. Yeah. Um, and lean into that. Um, well, may, it makes me think of the times where I have seen people in distress during races and it just, either it just doesn't register mm-hmm. or I think I can't be helpful. Um, yeah. I mean, I probably should brush up, you know, do a first aid course <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just I, like I I am part of that problem. Yeah. And I think, I think, to, I think to your point right there, like thinking you can't be helpful yeah, is a, it's a really big part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's probably, I would say that would be my number one reason yeah. for running past people. In- Me too. Where yeah. I'm, well, I, I don't, you know, I don't have medical training. Surely, yeah. surely somebody else who is better equipped for this moment mm-hmm. can help, mm-hmm. but maybe like part of my response, social responsibility is to become better equipped. Right. And if you're, if that's, and like, like in the situation you're describing where there's a woman lying on the ground, like so even someone running over and just starting to be like, Hey, is there a doctor or a medic? Right. Like just, you know, it's like, that would help. Yeah. Yeah. 
just break um, everybody out of that yeah shock totally yeah totally yeah, it's like, is there some kind of instinct now? I'm thinking, because we always tell animal stories, but you know, like, <laughs> like animals will sometimes leave the weak one of the pack behind. <laughs> That's sort of what it feels like. It's like Albert's injured. Who cares? Just like let him limp off into the distance, you know? Like, you mean, like what the so hell? why, why would we evolve to not jump in and help? Yeah. I mean, it could yeah, be. I'm just, you know, just throwing out a terrible. <laughs> That is terrible, but (laughs) there's a reason why we don't, you know, why we kind of go into shock. And and maybe why, because you're in a race, right? Because you're like, during a race, you're kind of in more of a, what you call it? That fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're in a, you're in a form of your brain that is like. (laughs) Your lizard brain. That's like lizard brain. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Yeah. That was my lizard noise. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm going to think. Next time I see someone in distress, I'm going to be like, lizard brain? No. Yeah. Bad lizard. Yeah. (laughs) Down lizard. Down. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's take a little break. And we have one last segment. If We Were Riding is a feisty podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at If We Were Riding. And we love hearing from our feisty friends. So please send us a voicemail at sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah without an H. Right. So just grab your phone, record an audio file and email it to me and we will love it and love you forever. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. All right, Sarah. I am really excited for this segment because... We haven't talked about this, but I did notice that on Instagram, you uh, told the story about you and Jamie. So I, I outed wanna... my <laughs> outed my relationship on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. T- time to gush. <laughs> um, it's funny because, like you know, we had talked about Instagram a little bit last week, um, and I do find that, like, it, like we had, like we talked about, like I, there are moments where I like being authentic with my community and talking to people and I feel like social media in its best form is a place where like I get to talk to lots of people that I probably otherwise wouldn't keep in touch with mm-hmm. right like including like people I went to school with and like you know those types of folks that you're not necessarily having coffee with every other week but you can like keep and there's probably a few hundred people in that category in my yeah in my social media um so I, I enjoy that and then I think, like I sort of said last week, like I had sort of kept my, I don't, I also don't mind keeping things private. Like I have no problem with that if I want to, if there's someone else has a reason, whatever. And so um, I hadn't really like done the, hey, I'm in a new relationship. I'm so excited about it. Like for a really long time. Um, and then we were, we went away for our one year anniversary this weekend. Um, and I was feeling like, I wanted to put something on social media about um, my relationship because it's kind of a fun story, right? It's a because, crazy like, story. Crazy story that like we met in Scotland, like all of that stuff, right? Um, the other thing, like, like 
that he often mentions is like, I've like a lot of the places I've lived or trained, like are the countries that he's lived in, you know, like there's that cultural similarity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, France, Switzerland, um, of course, Canada, Scotland, England. Okay. For listeners who didn't see, can you give us like the overview of overview? Sure. What's, what's really funny to me is that like a couple people, sorry, I'll say this first, but like a couple people said to me, um, said to me something about, oh, like that I had like, sort of like, oh, I see you suddenly decided to, to like be open about your relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like literally the amount that I shared on social is like a micro, like that is not me. Like, you know, like if you really wanted me to gush, I could gush. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, and so, yeah. And so I feel like what I'm like, everything I share, I'm kind of comfortable with, but yeah, we, um, yeah. So like, it's like, I just got this email randomly like last year. Um, and we started to talk about like, we're talking about like business stuff, you know, like every, yeah, every couple of weeks um, at the time he was also running um, kind of like an entrepreneurial endeavor. And we, and we, we started talking and then like, I sort of in the fall, like early fall, I was like, no, like I was dating. Like I was kind of like doing the online dating thing. Um, mm-hmm. I had gone, I had a week where this is, this is actually a good story. <laughs> I had a week where I started online dating again. And then like the first one, you're the new girl on like those apps like I was on hinge, um, like you get like lots of requests. Right. Mm. So I was like, I'm just going to make, I'm just going to like be the new girl, whatever, and enjoy this. Right. So I went on five dates in one week. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I like, none of them were great dates. Like, honestly, like I I had like zero good dates (laughs) that week. Um, and then at the end of the week, I was like, no, like, actually, I want to date Jamie. Like, that's actually what I want. Like, I, I, I'm kind of like, I'm being an idiot. And, and the reason, like, because he, like, he was just a little closer to being out of his marriage. Like, he was maybe only a year out or something. I, I could sense that it was a little early for him to have, like, what I knew was likely to be a serious relationship. Right. Um, so I was kind of, like, trying to pause button that know Mm. and I'm like that's stupid (laughs) like it's actually like I don't get to I don't need to decide like he can decide that yeah right I just need to be true to myself right um so yeah so that's what happened and then we um he actually lives like in Calgary so it's a it's an there's an hour flight between us um so you went you went to boarding school together back when you were teenagers Mm -hmm. and then you met up with him again we saw each other a couple Man. times over the years. Like, so okay. the one that I talked about was the train station. Yeah. Um, and then like, that was very real. Like I always, I always had this thing, this like, oh, I really like that guy. Yeah. Like, I always had this little intuition like, mm. that. I was like oh, that guy, you know, he, like, and, and then I saw him, oh, I saw him again in a nightclub in Edinburgh. What? Randomly. Yeah. And we were that both with so like random. other partners in like, like a couple years later too, like just random, just like I turn around and like Jamie's standing there. Is he Scottish? Yeah, he's Scottish, but he grew up in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. So is this like real life Outlander? Where <laughs> I've never seen that show. That's <laughs> I know there's like time travel and this is kind of time travel. <laughs> time travel. And you, you're like, he's Scottish? Yeah. 
Well, what I, I mean, I, I actually don't know what Outlander is either. <laughs> That's the extent of it. <laughs> Benjamin Button. No, I, it's, it's like, romance. So, romance. <laughs> um, so I, yeah. So I think, I think the big, like my biggest learn there, something it reinforced for me um, was like what I was saying in the post was that like that instinct that like, oh, like that guy, like that, that connection point that I felt like, I, I think it was like, I understand that guy. I feel mm. like he understands me. I feel like we yeah. have a thing. Like that piece is like, it was enduring, hmm. right? Like yeah. it didn't like, you know, that's a lot of change. Like we live in totally different places. Like totally had completely different life experiences yet that endured for sure. And like was, then we reconnected. And I was like, as soon as that was still there, you know, I was like, Oh, that, yeah, that's so interesting. Um, but it, it is, it is. That's wild. Yeah. 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 So here we are. And the, just like the, the roll of the dice of geographically being ending up so close to each other. Yeah. Um, well, now that I know he has a yeah. Scottish accent, that just, it's a, it's actually not, I mean, oh. he can put on a Scottish accent very okay. well. Um, it's pretty but, yeah. like, if he grew up in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a nice, it's like a nice subtle, maybe even more just like generic British kind of accent. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I All keep right. telling him because he listens to the podcast. I keep telling him he should Uh-oh. send a, a voice memo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie. <laughs> hope this isn't making you feel uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) if it is too bad (laughs) because you have made my day Hmm. all right well on that note that note everybody loves the good romance story Mm -hmm. so if anybody wants to send us a voicemail with yours i would love that actually I got a bit of it back in return for because once I put it out there, you know, a couple yeah. of people commented with like, yeah, someone who had also reconnected 10 years later with a <gasps> high school boyfriend. Um, people were um, do you call it relating to that hmm. that intuition that I was yeah. talking about? Um, so that was pretty fun to see. It's 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 also that shared history, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Where you just understand where somebody's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have yeah. that in common. Absolutely. Oh, well, mm-hmm. in the meantime, let's send in your voicemails. You can send us a, something about like squirrels putting acorns in shoes or, you know, finding your long lost soulmate. We welcome all sorts of stories on this podcast and we'll talk to you next week. Tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We reaching the top. We reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.